All right, welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I've got a new lease on life. My name's Adam Childs with my boy, Kieran Lefebvre, currently having technical difficulties. Headphones are back on. We're good to go. What is up? Yeet, yeet. <laughs> that was a solid 20-second intro, man. That's good. Well, I had to I had to fill in the gaps while you were untangling. Yeah, you're like... <laughs> uh, so this is episode 117, and we are talking about the top five strength exercises for BJJ. You got to get stronger. Oos, oos. Yep. So we're going to talk about, strength. you know, if you're... Really, this is targeted to people like me who don't, <laughs> yeah. really, who, who don't really like lifting. Well, it is and it isn't. It's targeted toward people like you, but you don't listen. So realistically, it's not targeted. Well, you you don't really... See, it's kind of like... It's very difficult because you don't like training for strength. No. And you're not going to start. That's not entirely true. Okay. Hit me. So... Rebuttal. Yeah. No, it's... I guess I'm like a lot of people at that sort of... Uh, maybe crossroads is the wrong word, but you know, where you're kind of, oh, for me to fit in a strength training, Mm. I would have to drop a jujitsu session, Yeah, right? And if you're talking to maybe the average person who trains X amount of times a week and you might say, yeah, but I think for your your health and fitness or for the longevity of your body and whatever, you should probably, let's say if it's someone who does two jujitsu sessions a week, you might go, Mm. oh man, you know, like just... If you then drop, yeah, yeah, right. So, but let's say it's someone who trains five, six times a week. They get a good amount of volume in. You might say, "Hey, man, for the benefit of your body and your longevity and improving your jujitsu performance, maybe drop one day, Mm. one jujitsu session to put a lifting or strength and conditioning or whatever." So, I'm in that sort of situation, but it's not as simple for me to just drop a session because dropping a session means essentially. Uh, sitting out taking well that means taking in sort of air quotes taking a day off work as in if I drop a session it means it's not so much about not training jujitsu it's about not being in the gym which means I've then not got to work and I've got to pay someone else to teach the class for me and so could sit out but that's that's easier said than done and it's no, but like, like I could but what sit out and I, I mean I don't have squat racks and you know, whatever at the gym. So it's not like I could not train and yeah, I'll do be my sitting around for an hour. I, yeah. I mean, and I'm still going to have the same problem. Like then when do I do that lifting session? It's not a matter of, oh, I don't uh, have the time because yes. my body can't I do understand it. What it's because I logistically don't have the time. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm either doing, you know, uh, you could get up what, at four in the morning. Shut up. Goggins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's either like I'm doing admin stuff, like all that stuff with the business. Yeah. I'm, in the gym training slash teaching yeah. or I'm, you know, with my family, I've got a wife and a son. And so everything. you haven't prioritized it is what you're saying. Like you've prioritized other things in your life, which is fine. No, well, not really. Like, I mean, it's very hard to, I mean, I could prioritize strength and conditioning over, your o- family. over my family. That's, that's <laughs> the wrong decision. <laughs> you know? But you could, which is why I'm saying like yeah. you haven't prioritized it. It's, it's kind of a different, right? It kind of puts a connotation on you, which is not what I'm trying to do, but yeah. Yeah, you at the moment it just kind of doesn't fit in. And mm. yeah, I would, I do enough jujitsu that I could afford to have a day where I don't train jujitsu oh, yeah. and lift instead. But yeah. like I said, th- for me, that means, well, it's actually 
having to then pay someone else to teach for me. And Fine, I'll do uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids' classes are yours. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, uh, I used to do more uh, lifting slash strength and conditioning. I did pretty much the all the years that I was living in Brazil and many of the years that I've been here as well, but it's become increasingly yeah, you difficult. I, I, I regret shitting on you at the start. Like you, you, you have, like you do have a, uh, a history and a foundation of strength training. But for those out there that may be listening to this and like, man, I don't need strength for jujitsu. You don't need to be strong for I've BJJ. real good hip escapes. I'll be fine. Yeah, well, I want you to listen to this. I always believe that strength is an, an advantage. I know in Jiu-Jitsu we're supposed to say that strength doesn't matter. Well, it does. <laughs> there's a reason why there's weight divisions and there's a division between the men's division and the women's division. Okay, um, No matter how you cut it, physical attributes do matter. Um, I do believe that when two athletes are of matched skill level, the stronger man will generally win. Um, so. Uh, you should never be embarrassed of being strong, yeah, even though Jiu-Jitsu has this traditional thing where it tends to denigrate strength. Um, strength is a wonderful attribute. Speed is a wonderful attribute. All these things are good things to have. You don't want to rely on them. You don't want to base your entire game upon them. But if you have them, don't be embarrassed by them. They're, they're a good thing to have. Stop being embarrassed by your strength. I I'm love it when, not. <laughs> when you know, Danaher says something that I, you know, I find rather common sense. But then people will be like, oh, my God, mind-blowing. It's controversial. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it, there was, I think it was, I mean, this was before Danaher was on the scene. Years and years and years ago, um, Cabrinha was in an interview and uh, was asked some, something along the lines of, um, you know, people getting accused for just being strong and whatever and he said some something along the lines of you know um yeah do do you criticize a big dude for being strong that's no different to criticizing a small person like himself like Cabrinha mm. or someone even smaller like Bruno Malfasini you know or Mikey Musumesh it's like it's like criticizing them for using their agility you mm. know like if you know or was it Cabrinha might have been master anyway one of these it was one top, of the greats. One yeah. of the, the greats was being interviewed. And yeah, they said something along the lines of, oh, if I tried to go toe-to-toe with Hodger Gracie in a strength versus strength match, I would get smoked every time. And if he tried to go toe-to-toe with me in an agility match, you know, I would win, you yeah. know, only in a sort of black and white example. It's like, you know, yeah, you use the physical attributes you've got and anyone so. complaining that someone is just, I mean, there's some truth to it, that whole like you're just using strength because that is a thing like, you know, you do see big, strong beginners literally just bench press themselves out of side control or whatever. But, yeah. you, but you know what I mean? Exactly what, for those who couldn't pick up on it, that was John Danaher speaking in that audio. Mm. Um, exactly what he said, right? The physical attributes when all things are equal, I mean, he summed it up perfectly. That's yeah. why there are weight divisions and everything. And Physical yes, attributes yeah. plus applied technique. Yeah, yeah. So that's strength the, matters, speed key. matters, yeah. flexibility matters, mobility matters. Absolutely. All these things matter when, you know, when all the techniques equal and... and you so know. just to narrow down on one of his points, if you had two opponents that had equal skill, the stronger man will win. Yeah, pretty much, right? Like if you... If, Makes sense. Exactly. If you, if you had difference. a complete clone of yourself and the only difference was one of you was stronger than the other mm. one, why would the weaker one win? It's, it's illogical. You know? Obviously, 
we know that that's you know you can't you obviously can't replicate that scenario well you could with ai and stuff like that you could replicate all these you know run the scenario a million times or whatever but it's the biggest back backhanded compliment in jiu-jitsu where you finish a role you just sub someone like oh man you're so strong it's like yeah yeah yeah. i guess it depends how they say it right you know yeah like it's not what they really say strong, it's how yeah. they say it. Oh, you know? you're just really strong. But I used to get it all the time. You're with really tall. Like, oh man, yeah. you're so tall. Oh, your legs are so long. You know, but man, that that really fucks you over in some positions. Like, let's get into a leg entanglement, and then how are your big worst. heels? How are your it's big the heels? How there? Yeah, like we um, a, th- a few episodes ago, we were talking about leg entanglements and heel hooks or something mm. like that, and it was not long after we had done back-to-back seminars one with craig jones one with lachlan giles mm. and uh and i asked both of them personally because i like lachlan's not a, a big guy but mm. i know heaps of his students who are big guys like big as in tall and craig's not the biggest guy but he's not a small guy and obviously trains with lots of big guys and everything and yeah and i asked both of them about leg entanglements as a longer legged person and mm. whatever and they were both kind of like yeah, no, it's not great. For, yeah. You know, you kind of don't want to be there if you've if you've got the long legs. So yeah, it's not people just think it is by default the better thing to have. Yeah. No, not at all. So getting getting to the meat of the episode, the the top five strength exercises for BJJ, what are your top five picks? Bench press. Yep, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> bench press, bench press, <laughs> bench press. No. Yeah. So what are your what are your top five? What are we what are we talking about? How do you categorize this? Dumbbell flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that yeah. machine leg press? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that little one where your legs open and close, you know? Oh, doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah baby. Uh, yeah, so look, f- five lifts is a very, it's a very massive list to narrow down, right? So oh, yeah. even within those five, there's like variations of them. So I think one that's a no-brainer, let's just say deadlifts, right? Okay. You've got, you know, multiple variations of deadlifts, mm-hmm. right? Like... I don't know if they're technically considered a deadlift, but like good mornings or, you know, uh, sumo squat deadlifts, like these are all variations of deadlifts. So um, even that is, is, you know, there's lots of, lots of variation to it. But the first one for me is deadlifts. I think it is such a, a and my point of view, sorry, let's just clarify it. I'm talking from a, experience point of view not from a oh i've done my certificate two three and four in personal training and you know and all this sort of stuff so i'm not talking about it from a scientific point of view from an experience point of view Mm -hmm. uh but deadlifts are definitely something that is such a big movement and they're a very strong movement and they're a movement that directly translates to jujitsu and that's for me the five movements that that are my uh, like top five lifts for jujitsu are movements that directly translate or have some sort of that you can feel the benefit. So a deadlift is a movement that you literally do in jujitsu. Mm. Uh, so for example, if you stand up in someone's closed guard, right, mm. that can be a deadlift or particularly if you pick the bastard up with you. Yeah. Or if, oh yeah, or if they sit up with you, yeah. you know, or I'll give, I'll give you an example. I was rolling with, um, this was ages ago now, actually. With Ollie, right? Oh no, that's a different, oh. <laughs> that's a different story. I was rolling with, um, with Joey and Joey's a big, strong guy. And I had him in a triangle and he full deadlifted me mm-hmm. up like, and then I was hanging up above his head yep. and you know, Joey's probably, 
hangs around, I guess, depends how much muscle he's carrying, but anywhere for 85. 85 to, 85 to 90, yeah. low 90s, yeah. But I'm like 100 kilos, you yeah. know? So, uh, you know, and that's not an invalid <laughs> escape for a triangle. Particularly <laughs> when the weight is is where it is, like so high up oh, as massive. well. It's like a deadlift combined with like a... Uh, I forget what the name. I think it's called like a Zephyr lift or something, uh, where you where you or like a Atlas Stone lift almost or something something along those lines. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's quite a hybrid movement. The other the other thing that I consider for me as someone who's just talking from yeah an experience point of view is that I'm also looking for movements that make me feel stronger. Okay, and there's I mean the placebo effect is a real thing, you know, like that's why, that's why it has a name. Like people, yeah. like the placebo effect can actually, you know, that's why they test in trials and stuff and people mm. will still, you know, have positive results even though they're not actually taking the yep. medicine or whatever. It's a thing. I don't know. Yep. I mean, I'm not a neurologist, so I don't know exactly the ins and outs of how it works. So there's a big thing that goes with, let's say deadlifts don't actually make you stronger arguments say we know they do but let's say they don't but they make you feel stronger and Mm. therefore you psychologically feel stronger and whatever like that's a thing Mm. you know so i'm also looking at lifts that make me feel stronger and even though i can't deadlift a huge amount of weight Mm. when i deadlift it is something that makes me feel stronger like yeah even if it's only 80 kilos or something Mm. But I do a deadlift, you know, it just feels you're like... You feel like a big yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I feel, <laughs> I feel big and strong. Strong, yeah. fuck you up. You know? Yeah, totally. So I, I, I totally really do. like deadlifts as long as... And I think it goes without saying with all lifts, I mean, as long as you're doing them properly, something like a deadlift is done incorrectly, very easy to, to injure yourself. Yeah, definitely. You know, but yeah. but done correctly. And and that for anyone listening who hasn't done lifts before, I do encourage you to learn them correctly. Mm. So whether that is you just cough up the money to do one PT session or something, because something like like a deadlift, I remember when I was younger and I first was taught how to do them, you know, I had a bit of a disconnect between that feeling in your body of, oh, you're you're injuring your lower back and no, 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 that's that's the feeling of you using your lower back muscles. Yep. And then, yeah, oh, that's the feeling of having DOMS in your lower back. Yep. You actually have an injury. Because, you know, prior to that, any sort of thing that ached in your lower back, you, you would scared. just, yeah, you would yep. just think it's back pain and it's it's not a good thing. Yep. So learning how to do them correctly is is very important. So my number one is for sure deadlifts. I love them. I wish I did them more. I wish we had at the gym a, a, a barbell with some weights and a squat rack it would be so Your next sick. gym let help let me help you design it and we can put in a weights room <laughs> that'd be sick that'd yeah be shout cool. out to rogue i mean we're not sponsored yeah, by rogue them or fitness, anything yeah. but you know <laughs> yeah rogue's pretty good so that that's really it's interesting like the only weights brand i know so yeah rogue, yeah, rogue. Okay. <laughs> yeah so yours yours is uh your first one is deadlifts um good choice respectable choice and for those that don't know i i'm a fitness trainer um Sports nutritionist, blah blah blah. So this is like my domain. Um, but let's I, go one for one rather yeah, than me I was, reading uh, out my five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do. But see, I, I, I approach this a little bit, you know, different. I kind of cheated a little bit. So I've got five categories, and then at the end, I've picked one exercise from each category. If that makes sense. So I did it the same with like you. So the way I approach this this question, like, oh, five best exercises. I'm like, okay, 
what are the five, if I could narrow it down to five areas that translate most directly to jujitsu and are going to have the most benefit to jujitsu, it's these areas. I could, I could already, sorry to cut you off. I could already tell just by the way you reworded it. So when I, when we were initially talking about this episode, and I said the the five best lifts for jujitsu. Yep. In, in my head, I just said the word lifts yep. because it was like, uh, you know, everyone knows what it means, and maybe it's I don't know. Clickbait's not the right word, but it's just very generic, and mm-hmm. people will know. But instantly, when I've seen you write top five strength exercises, mm-hmm. I just knew because, you know, even lift isn't accurate. You know, it's like, well, you you know, are you doing mm-hmm. a push? Are you doing a pull? You're like, yes. you're not always lifting. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so so le- let me go through my categories, and then I'll go. We'll go one for one. All right. Um, okay. All right. So I've got push, pull, glutes slash bridge movement. Uh, hinge movement, core rotation grip. So that I really would like to split that up, but I was limited by five, okay? Um, but here we are. So for for push, you're, you're thinking about something pushing away. So think bench press, uh, a push up. Uh, for pull, deadlifts, uh, you know, pu- sort of pulling motions, um, glutes and bridge. So this directly translates, and this is something that guys don't do enough, like specifically males do not do enough of because whatever, it's not like mirror muscles. And even jujitsu guys, you know, where we still fall victim to that sort of mentality. And think about how often that you bridge in jujitsu, bridge and roll, like bridge to escape, like a hip escape even has a bridge component so many times. Anytime you're playing guard, anytime you're on the bottom, you're bridging, right? So it's really important that we have a strong bridge, a hinge, very important. Again, guard retention, knees to chest. So that's why hinge is there and then core Core and rotation is, you know, a little bit of a no-brainer, but obviously strong core, very important for any sport, especially jiu-jitsu. Again, think guard, think any sort of position. And grip, grip is always important. Grip fighting, holding yeah. someone down, grip on, on gis, gripping no gi. Um, so let me give you my first in pull because you did deadlift. I'm going to go to my pull category because yeah. deadlift is a pulling exercise. So here, I was really tossing up between two. Uh, so I'm just going to list. Because you pigeonholed yourself by putting categories. I know, I'm, man. Read, I'm reading your notes. <laughs> don't read my notes, bro. That's fucking. <laughs> that's cheating, man. You get your notes. Well, hang um, on. Hang, well, why don't I? I'm looking at across the table. Well, well, well. Why don't I say my number two? Because okay. it's your. It's they're both in your pool category. So okay, that that's you interesting. You have yours. two pools. Yeah, because look, I didn't. When I was, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, calm down, back, calm down. You don't need a no, backpack. No, 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 I do no. this for a living. I, I do this for like no, professional. No, but it's interesting because even me as not being a professional in this domain, I yeah. was still even having the conversation with myself when I was thinking of my top five. Yeah. I was already, th- I've got, um, I think I have three just off the top of my head now replaying my list. I think three three of them are pulls. You do. And, you know, so I knew that then, and Mm. I I know that that I don't have a core exercise in there. So even I was thinking pull, push, core. I was trying to think all these things. But then I was like, look, no, I'm not trying to think like I'm a personal trainer, S&C trainer. I'm just trying to think... I went with the whole, what are the five exercises that, that you like? I feel, no, not that I personally like, like I've got squats in there and I fucking hate squats. Oh, what I mean you is know? like that you, you like that I, f- that I feel a direct translation opposed okay. to someone saying, I promise this will make you stronger and you might not realize it, but you're going to be stronger yeah. in these positions. Just trust me, bro. Trust me. Whereas the five that I picked, I directly feel stronger when I, when I've done four, six weeks of it enough that you've. You know, okay. What's what's number two? Hit me. So yeah, is is pull ups, and this okay. is again and uh, pull ups slash chin ups, whichever yep. way. And again, lots of variations. Are you overhand? Are you underhand? Wide grip, close grip. Are you using um, 
Are you using cut-off gee sleeves? Yep. So you're working on... Uh, grips. Grips, yeah. you know. Yeah. So lots of variations to it, but I just summarize it as, as pull-ups slash chin-ups. This is probably this with squats are probably my two most freaking hated exercises, and it's because I suck at them so bad. Yeah. Pull ups, I yeah. am atrociously That's bad. That's how you at hurt yourself. Uh, Maybe yes and no. I mean, I think that out of context sounds really bad. You know, if is if, that what, if what you were catalyst to, if, if your you elbow? Were, if you were to clip that, you know, you hurt yourself doing pull ups. Yeah, man, I'm just so good at them. I hit my forehead on the bar. Ah, <laughs> uh, sort of. Yeah. Um. So That's quick, right. quick, quick. Uh, the side note, I had elbow surgery probably a year ago now. Bone spurs. Bone spurs, you know, which is a, bone spurs and bone fragments in my elbow. Essentially years of wear and tear of hyperextension and hypercompression of the elbow joint. And then uh, I was doing pull-ups. It wasn't like just one random day I was doing pull-ups. I had been doing them for X amount of time or whatever. And as they should be done to max extension, right? Like full, essentially dead hang of between each repetition. And it was just one day doing the pull-ups that that was like the last straw that broke the camel's back and that full extension of my elbow. It wasn't right. like obviously I dropped into it, yeah. but just that load and that was where it was the, the straw that broke the camel's back and my elbow could no longer handle you know, being in that right. max extension. And now even post-surgery, like if I were to go do pull-ups now, it's just, I can't do max. Like I could do it, but it would really hurt my elbow. Yeah, and now it's it. just, uh, if you see me doing pull-ups, I'll be one of those dudes that people look and be like, oh, he's Ooh, cheap. Reps. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, he's cheating, but I just can't do yeah, max extension. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do max extension anymore because yeah. that was the, the final one that jammed the bones together. So number two. Pull-ups, yeah. I mean, again, that's just directly translates so much. There's so much pulling in jiu-jitsu, yeah. especially if you're talking about in the gi, so yeah. much pulling. Oh, yeah. And um, it's just one of the, again, an exercise that I directly feel stronger when I then go and train. Yeah. But, God, I hate pull-ups. I was just so, so bad. I hate them. I'm not even joking, man. Like, you know, if I think back to, to max extension pull-ups – or, or even chin-ups, ask me to do five, probably not even happening. That's I'm difficult. So even to do one is difficult. If you can do a full range of motion, legit dead hang, overhand pull-up, you are in like the top X percent, you know it's what I mean? Fu- it's, strength. It's, funny. it's difficult. It's funny you say that because when you speak to people who are you know, semi-educated about these movements, they'll say exactly like that. Yep. Like if you... You know, uh, quite well known that I've done a lot of my training with with Joey from yep. from Jungle Brothers, and yeah, and I remember saying to him ages ago, you know, oh, I can do like two or something, and he's like, man, that's not that bad. He's like, yeah. he's like, people go, I can do ten chin ups, but then they're those little. Then I mean, a cheat would be an exaggeration. They're like, like going halfway, not even like yeah. it's like from their forehead to their chin. They're doing yeah. face ups. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. and he's like, yeah, man, like not many people can do, Full you know, extension. five. 10 reps of mm. full extension, dead mm. hang, pull-ups or chin-ups. Yeah, I mean, hard. now I can lean on the excuse of biologically not being able to do them. <laughs> my elbow's all fucked up. But yeah, they're, they're hard work. And yeah. I mean, when you're 100 kilos like me, that's a lot to pull. <laughs> 100 kilos of lean muscle, baby. Okay, so let me go through my, t- my top two categories at the moment, uh, push and pull. Um, this is in no particular order, but I suppose it's sort of ranked, uh, maybe. Push and pull, right? So we've got in the push category, I've got two exercises that I'm tossing up between and I've, I've got one that I picked 
but it's uh, overhand, uh, sorry, overhead press or military press, as it sometimes called, um, barbell overhead press, or you can do dumbbell variation, or probably my preferred is kettlebell bottoms up press, and like a shoulder press. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So press above the head. I'm talking, yeah. and the reason that I would rather for jujitsu specifically go with something like a kettlebell overhead press or a dumbbell variation is because of the stability involved. Hundred percent. Whereas when you're pushing overhead uh, a barbell, yes, you can move more weight, but you're missing out on some of the stability factor, which particularly if you're translating to sport becomes very important. Like it's important for everyone, but if you're if you're in the gym just to push some fucking weight and to put on some muscle. I would say, yeah, go with barbell overhead press all day with over something like a dumbbell because you can drive more weight and you, you can create more muscle hypertrophy in in the big big movers, right? So that has a place for in a in a fitness program and even my jujitsu specific uh, fitness programs include barbell work, specifically military press or overhead press, whatever you want to call it. But the reason if I was going to choose one, I would go with kettlebell bottoms up press. And if you don't know what a bottoms up press is, you might be thinking, what the fuck? Imagine a kettlebell. You have the the handle of the kettlebell. It's called the horn. Imagine holding the kettlebell by the horn, almost like you're holding it upside down. And the kettlebell is directly above your fist. So I'm trying to explain this over audio. So it's not like hanging down your wrist. You're using your grip strength to hold the kettlebell in place. So there's pros and cons of this movement. The con is you can't push as much weight because it's very difficult to hold the kettlebell in a stable position like that. But the pro is that you're you're getting a press in there, you're getting grip strength in there. So you're working your 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 pushing motion and you're working your grip strength and you're working all your stability as well. Lots yeah, of stability, stability in your wrist, your elbow, your shoulder. Exactly. Yeah. All the way up all the way up your arm and even in your lat, like everywhere, right? Yeah, so the, that's I, why I'd go with it. Yeah, just on, on the back of that. Yeah, for those who aren't familiar with this lift, so shoulder press was actually one of my, um, I didn't specifically put uh, bottoms up kettlebell press, but I had shoulder press in as one of my top five lifts as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, Is this number three? Ah, uh, yeah, whatever. Good segue. Yeah, <laughs> um, because one, again, because I'm I'm looking at ones that, do, that I feel directly stronger, but obviously this, a byproduct of that, or a bonus feature, if you will, is your shoulders are such a problematic joint. So anything you can do to strengthen it is is super valuable. But speaking of kettlebell bottom-up presses, for those who aren't familiar with it, just your standard overhead shoulder press, again, 100% agree with Kieran, something with a kettlebell or a dumbbell far superior for all the stability work you're going to get rather than using a barbell to do military press or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the benefit with a kettlebell is you actually have three shoulder press variations you can do to before you increase your weight. So let's say you're someone who already does shoulder presses with the kettlebell and maybe you've got, let's say, a 10 kilo kettlebell and you're thinking, man, this is too easy. I've got to buy some heavier kettlebells or whatever. But you're doing your standard shoulder press, right, which is where you would hold the kettlebell handle, the horn yep. in the palm of your hand, and you'd have the bell essentially on the back of your forearm yep. and you'd be doing your shoulder press. And let's say you can do however many reps you want with that. So then the next 
degree of progression in difficulty mm-hmm. would be holding the kettlebell just like the bell in the palm of your hand mm-hmm. and doing the same movement. And you'll notice you'll get a bit of stability work from that and it'll be a little bit harder. And then once you progress past that, you do the bottoms, bottoms up, up one. Mm-hmm. And then once the bottoms up one is too easy, that's when you like, okay, now I need heavier kettlebells. Yeah, so there's actually three different shoulder press variations you can do with the one weight. Right? And then when you go up in weight, you would go back to doing a standard you know, with the the horn in your hand and the bell on the back of your forearm. And yeah. you can progress through the weights like that. And um, so, yeah, to go into more detail rather than shoulder press, bottoms up kettlebell press is mm. such a good shoulder press. And yeah, yeah massively, you'll notice it as well that on um, – you know, on whichever side your grip strength is worse, yeah. you'll make sure you don't drop the bell on your head. Yeah, so I like, to, <laughs> I like to keep my other hand, that's a really good point. I like to keep my other hand poised to catch it and you've got to keep your eye on the bell the whole time. Like you've got yeah. to be laser focused. That's, it's kind of like doing Turkish get-ups, right? If yeah. you, you know, you've got to be aware that if you're doing them at a, a weight or a repetition where fatigue, like a fatigue to failure mm. could happen, you, you do be not want to drop that on your head. Yep. I've actually only just realized I've never even tried a, a, a bottoms up kettlebell Turkish get up. That'd be hard work. That'd be very hard. Because yeah. usually when I do Turkish get ups, I'll just hold the, the kettlebell how you typically do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But geez, that'd be real hard that'd work. That'd be very difficult. Because yeah. people, people can do it. People can do um, Turkish get ups with like a barbell. Above the yeah, head. I've seen. I've that. seen JT yeah. do that. Shout out to JT. He's a strong motherfucker. Yeah. He can do a full barbell above I, his head. I remember one of my one of my favorite stories <laughs> of JT. He man, he's a strong dude. He likes to lift. He lifts very heavy. Very good technique as well with his lifts. And yeah, he's a pro. He's a beast. One of my favorite stories from him years ago. We, he was in like a fitness first or anytime fitness. Just a, a in Australia, that's just a chain of gyms. And there was this guy doing. A, deadlifts and it was whatever weight 120 kilos or something you know a heavy weight but Mm. not for someone like jt necessarily Mm. and this guy's like acting like he's a big beast strong man he's like just screaming the reps and he's just like taking over the whole gym and jt in his classic like lack of a better term like alpha male move he's kind of just like man you mind if i work in with you and the guy's like yeah sure and like jt just walks in and does like one-handed single leg deadlifts with the same yeah. weight and just like just pumps man's like thanks mate <laughs> <Walks> <laughs> <off>. <laughs> that's such a dick move that's such a jt thing to do as well <laughs> fucking hell bloody hell jt all right so yeah my number two fuck i've only only got up to two wow uh pull so pulling category so here i'm looking at overhand heaves or overhand pull-ups as they're more commonly known, and deadlifts. Now, I've actually gone with, if I had, because I needed to choose one, I've gone with overhand pull-ups. Over deadlifts. Over deadlifts. Probably because you got this. A different variation of deadlifts later in the list. <laughs> yeah, you're on <laughs> Yes. So as much as I love deadlifts for the posterior chain, and for those that don't know, your posterior chain is the, the chain of muscle that runs down your back to, to your, almost to your feet, right? To, to your feet. It's like your posterior, your, your back. Um, and the reason that that is so important for jujitsu is anytime you are in a position where you need to weight bear someone in a hinge position, or say, for example, a good one is standing up in closed guard. That's probably the just the best example to give. Or like even you're dragging someone, right? And um, if you don't have a really strong posterior chain and a core and blah, 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 but a posterior chain, 
you can compromise your lower back, you can compromise even your upper back or your your um, lower body. It's it's very easy to um, hurt yourself, if you will, if your posterior chain isn't strengthened. And not only that, but deadlifts also improve your grip strength. They improve your uh, your pulling power, your core, your lats also activate through deadlifts. They're such a really good movement, but in saying I was saying about to that, say, this is a lot of positive comments to say, but, but I didn't choose them. I didn't choose them for this because I have a different variation in another category later on the list. And that's what ultimately led me to say, okay, if I had to choose one, I would cut deadlifts and include overhand heaps. And another reason I would include overhand heaps instead of deadlifts is because deadlifts, like you mentioned, are very easy to do the wrong technique. They're a, a more <laughs> higher skill um, movement to learn correctly. And for most people that may be listening to this that don't have experience lifting, I would rather you start with doing a uh, pull-up variation over starting with deadlifts. I spent the first 12 months of my lifting career, if you will, without doing a single deadlift because I knew I would just so happened that I you know, had this foresight that if I didn't learn how to do them correctly, I could hurt myself. And I was worried about that. So I, I got a PT, did a whole bunch of sessions and we focused pretty much just on deadlifts, some other stuff too, but yeah. And then obviously deadlifts became part of my repertoire. So I will go with an overhand heave and yeah, it's a, it's yeah. And it's, it's a way harder movement than, than you realize. There's yep. reasons why gold medal winning Olympic weightlifters still have coaches helping them with that first portion of their lift, which is a deadlift essentially, yep. right? 100%. Like it is, a, you know, power lifters have coaches, mm-hmm. you know, uh, bodybuilders have coaches. It's a, it's a hard movement. It's yep. way more complicated. Like when you're starting to push the weight as well, mm. difficult to do correctly without hurting yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, not that you should be scared of it, but just be aware. So that's why I'd go with an overhand pull-up. Now to go with the theme of a progression, if you can't do a pull-up and that that's okay. Like, like I mentioned, it is fucking difficult. Not many people can. Like it, if you can do a pull up, you're in like the top echelon of of strength uh, out of you know the entire general population. So don't be fooled. On that note, can I just segue to something? Because coincidentally, I heard this just um, the other day, and so I don't know if this is correct yeah. or not. But it was like this this video from some strongman dude that said, uh, if you can. <laughs> If you can bench, yep. if, if you can bench your body weight, yep. if you can squat one and a half your body weight, and yep. if you can deadlift double your body weight, yep. you're like in the top 5%. 5%. Is correct. that true? That's true. Yeah, well, there and you go. Not only that, it's to take it further. The reason that that is such a reoccurring theme, especially with powerlifters, is that that's how they judge how strong you are relative to someone else. Because you and I, right? If I can deadlift 100 kilos and you can deadlift 100 kilos, it's completely different because you weigh 100 kilos, I weigh 80 kilos. Mm. So in in relative strength, I'm technically stronger than you, even though we're lifting the exact same weight. So they use like these tables and metrics based on your body weight and how many times greater or what what you, what the weight you're lifting is, what it is as a ratio compared to your body weight. And then they plug all those numbers into a table and it spits out a total number. And that is like a metric on how you can judge the strength between power lifters right. in different but, weight classes and different genders. But that, that only becomes relevant when you're talking about a bunch of professional lifters. No, right? it's for everyone. Like you could pu- plug anyone's well, Yeah, but does it there. like, you know, but then, you know, does it does it then also go the other way that, you know, if 
I don't know, yeah, if it's like a, a lifting movement like pull-ups, is mm. it then, well, if you do one pull-up but I do one pull-up, like, That's a really uh, good question. Like I'm, You're I'm stronger because really I'm lifting more weight. You're bringing up a really good point. So then yes, te- well, it's it's rel- no, it's relative to to your body weight because if you are 100 kilos, you have 100 kilos of, of mass that you need to pull up. But in theory, you should have that equivalent in muscle. So you would have more muscle than me. If we had the exact same body fat percentage, right? So if say you, you're 10% body fat, I'm 10% body fat, but you're 100 kilos and I'm 80, you have more muscle. You have yes. 20 kilos of more muscle, yeah. right? Yeah. But then you, well, I guess that'd also be more muscle. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But then wouldn't it also? You could also say, yeah, but I've also got like further a, a bigger distance to pull as well. Like I'm also traveling a bigger distance. Yeah. Well, and well, maybe, maybe. Well, at maybe least we're, we're rabbit holing. But you could then have very short arms relative to your torso. Yeah. I could have very long arms, and that's called the ape index. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. It's called the ape index. And uh, funnily enough, um, it's, that's a very important number for rock climbers because there's a certain yeah, right. ratio of ape index that is um, ideal, you know, for, ideal for, for rock climbers. And it's not what you think. Being too tall or too lanky in rock climbing can actually be a hindrance. Right. The I guess the point I'm getting to is how, how it was explained to me years ago. And it could have just been mm. someone just, you know, spitting fake information or whatever but they essentially said yeah for sure like if if you're bigger and heavier like in theory you should be able to lift more press more yes you should more or whatever but it's like it's like your body has the potential to to grow all that muscle and do that but typically from a baseline that's not necessarily how it works like if you get you know two people who don't exercise one weighs 50 kilos and one weighs 100 kilos and neither of them exercise or whatever like the 50 kilo guy is probably going to be able to do more chin-ups than the 100 kilo guy should be yeah you but know? the 100 kilo guy is going to be able to deadlift more than the 50 kilo guy all day yeah, long i guess all day long so it depends on what exercise and the point that i thought you were going to bring up and you sort of like you, you skirted the edge of it. I don't know, but, but I've also had I've also had coaches sometimes when I've been deadlifting. Like I don't know, maybe they were just cutting me slack, but they've been you know I haven't been able to do something. They're like, bro, look how it's look how fucking levers. far you've got to pull that up off the ground. That, like, that's we're talking about levers here, and and that is a good point. And you'll see that some of the strongest guys in the just world just looking uh, looking for excuses for why I can't lift well, much well, weight. Well, no, Karen, you're you're <laughs> right. And if you if you look at some of the strongest people in the world, there was a guy that um, was a small person. Uh, I think that's the politically correct term um and he was one of the strongest men in the world because of relative to his size because of his levers so his levers are perfect if you think about leverage right and if i need to lift a barbell off the ground 10 centimeters versus you need to lift it off the ground a meter who do you think is going to be able to move more weight relative to their body to their to their body weight the the person that has further uh, less to travel right and that's called bar travel right so if you look at Probably explains yeah, I remember, poorly. I remember seeing a. Remember that famous uh, kid Tarzan? Yes. Guy, whatever his name was. Yeah. And this was like a kid that was like 12 years old. His dad turns out that he was feeding him steroids and he was like absolutely fucking jacked. Um, and he, yeah, you and know, was, he, he became like a, a, a freak show. Yeah. Almost. yeah. Poor guy. Uh, Poor kid. But I remember he did this little competition with professional powerlifters mm. where it was how many reps they could squat or something. Yeah. And they worked out the weight so it was relative, relative to yeah. their to their to their size and weight and everything. Man, and it wasn't even close. It was something like, you know, if the powerlifters could do ten reps or something, the kid did like fifty. 
Yeah. You know, and I don't know how much of that is the fact that, you know, well, physically it's not as much weight. He's not having to travel as far with the weight. or Because yes. obviously the power lifters are stronger than him. Yes. They're, they're big, fully grown adult males, but they can't. Rep- but are they relatively stronger than him? That's the, that's the question that's being answered. Yeah. But, but I guess right. you, but it's I guess you get the nervous system. But as I well. guess you also get to some. You get to. You would have to get to a critical point. You do, you and know? That's, like, that's due to the pressure on your. For nervous example, system. for me, for me, trying to deadlift, you know, one ton and yep. a thousand tons feels exactly the same because I can't move either of them. Yep. You know, like obviously you get to some certain point where. Yes, the weight do. essentially becomes irrelevant because there's only so much that yep. the, the human body is capable of. Well, you get to a point where, where you have other factors coming into play. Like if you say relative, if you were trying to like squat 300 kilos and it's the same relative weight to someone else's 100 kilos, 300 kilos is going to be way more taxing on the joints and the central nervous system than the 100 kilos, regardless of how much muscle you have. Yeah. So there's other factors that yeah. come into play. And then you have factors like someone's um, biology and genetics, which do play a massive part. And that's due to levers. That's why at the upper echelons of powerlifting, you, you will find that the outliers in one specific lift will be so far ahead of the pack, but in all the others, they're so far below, right? And an example of that is maybe like, I, I'm pretty sure the the guy that has, like this is all different weight categories, but in certain weight categories, the guy that has the, the um, world record in bench press has a really shit deadlift and squat. But his bench press, because he's genetically designed to fucking press, like it's perfect for his body, he can just outperform everyone. And you see that on each of the lifts like different body types will be better at different lifts. But then we have another point and you might be saying, okay, but you can deadlift two times your body weight. I can't, but I can do a, um, I can do a muscle up. I can do 10 muscle ups and you can't do any, or I can do this calisthenics exercise, moving my body weight and you can't. It's funny because uh, a direct, almost a direct sort of, comparison was me and and jake one of the guys from the gym we used to do heaps of of lifting together pretty much once or twice a week every week for ages pre-covid right and it it was funny because for we didn't know why and i this is still to this day that if we're doing push-ups right like proper push-ups so uh, i don't know what the way to describe them is but you know like the not shitty push-ups, proper push-ups that if you don't know what a correct push-up is, you do a push-up correctly, like a gymnastics push-up, man, they're hard, you know, like mm. you, similar to similar to pull-ups, right? People are like, yeah, I can do 10, 20 chin-ups or whatever, but they're shit. They're not yeah. actual. Same with push-ups, I find. you People go, yeah, I can do 20 push-ups. Depends on like, the standard of push-up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're like, that ain't no push-up, bro. You do a proper gymnastics push-up and they're hard work. Yeah, gymnastics push-ups different <laughs> to your like uh, – well, I would call a standard push-up. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, like Jake could do way more push-ups than me, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're doing those push-ups where you're on kind of like the parallel bars so mm-hmm. you can get, you know, lower right, yeah. get lower and everything. And he could always do way more reps than me. But then when if we would do something like um, dumbbell press, yeah. so we're essentially just more or less flipping over our our hand grips are in the same position and everything. I could do way more weight and way more reps than him. Yeah, I think I know why. And they're both kind of pressing movements, obviously different, but What's your weight compared to him? You're you're bigger than him. Yeah, I would weigh And at the time, you you probably weigh like maybe 10 to 15 kilos heavier than him. Yeah. That's why. But then shouldn't I be able to press more? No, because 
uh, no, it's in your your body weight because you have more body weight to move, right? That's right. But and then doesn't that go back to everything else? Like with the chin up, shouldn't I be able to to lift more? Because I'm no, no, no. Because you have to move, you have to move more weight, and your relative to Jake, like it's your strength isn't okay. Let, let me let me try. <laughs> we definitely get look, it off top. Look, it doesn't. But it, does, it doesn't matter. It, it, it does make sense, and that that makes perfect sense. So if you told me that. Jake could do more push-ups than you, but then you could squat more than him. I'd be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Or like you could do more push-ups and uh, he could do more push-ups than you, but you could bench press more than him. I'm like, yeah, that that's ex- perfectly explained. Then you can do more, you can do heavier weight for more reps because you have But didn't you muscle. say before, yeah, yeah, I weigh more. Yeah. So it's more weight to lift, yes. but I also have more muscle because my, my yes, body's bigger. Yes, but that's, that's if we were identical in terms of we have the exact same structure, we have the exact same body fat percentage. In theory, you should be able to do the same amount or we should be able to do the same amount of calisthenics. So, All things equal. Look, so what I've taken away from this complete sidetrack <laughs> is that next time someone says to me, hey, Adam, why can't you lift that much weight? You're big and strong. And I can say, look, how much time you got? I got a whole list of excuses as to why I suck at lifting. Is anyone weight. saying that to you? <laughs> that you're, Adam, you're big and strong. Why can't you lift? No, no one's. Ever, no, no, I don't think no. so. <laughs> no, but I definitely. If I fuck know, it if up. I do go lifting with friends, they're always like, "Fuck, bro, I thought you'd be able to." Lift. <laughs> I'm like, "Nah, man, <laughs> I suck." Yeah, you got to jujitsu though. So you have at the moment in your list is deadlifts, pull ups, and shoulder press. My yes. list I've gone through, um, I've, I've gone with, my push is bottoms up, kettlebell bottoms up press. My pull is uh, overhand pull-ups. Now I just will go quickly through my third one and then we'll, we'll go through your last two and I'll do my last two. Yep. Okay, so my third one is, um, the category is glutes and bridge, that bridging mo- uh, motion that I mentioned at the start. And for this, there's different exercises you have in this category. You got squats, variations of squats like goblet squat, front barbell squats, uh, barbell back squats and split squats and a glute bridge. I nearly went with a glute bridge just to be like, fuck you to all the guys that hate them. And I think that is probably one of the best exercises that translates directly to jujitsu as a glute bridge. However, I've gone with barbell back squats because you do, you still get that activation that you get from a glute bridge. You get a similar activation in a barbell squat barbell back squat, but you're getting the other benefits in the barbell back squat, including all your posterior chain. So that's a, a common theme. So just for that reason, I'm going with barbell back squat over a glute bridge, but I still think that guys, you need to be doing barbell glute bridges, please. Yeah. So I had a, um, I had similar for me. So we'll go through my last two. I had, yep. I had squats in there as well, Yep. but I have since changed that for a couple of reasons. One, because oh. I hate squats. But um, you change it during this conversation. <laughs> no, no, I was already thinking about it uh, prior to this. But squats are a great, a great movement. I don't, I don't have a, a problem with them. Uh, they just really sort of, at least for me personally in my body, I, I don't enjoy them and they hurt me. I've, <laughs> I have problems with doing like full depth squats with knee injuries. Mm-hmm. And I also yep. previously when I was last doing squats, I got to a point where when the weight got to a certain point, my technique, the lack of started to become a problem. And like I, I was strong enough to do the squat as in my Obviously, I, I wasn't because I wouldn't be be saying this, but like my my quads and glutes were were strong enough to do the squat, yep. but my technique was not good enough that I started like hurting my lower back yeah. while doing the squats, yeah. and 
is that fixable? Yeah, I'm sure yes. it is with a trainer and everything. With but, accessory you know, exercises, yeah. And I wasn't in the position to do that. So I just, I have since changed it mm. also for a second reason because if I was going to, you know how whenever we've talk, spoken about strength and conditioning and that, we said, well, the best workout is the one that you do. Yes. Right? So let's say you're like, okay, I'll find the time one day a week I can go lift. It's better than zero days, you're right? You're not going to waste that doing squats, right? Well, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm not, I don't want to do deadlifts and squats in the same workout, right? It's way, at least okay. for me, it's yeah. a bit too much on my lower back. It's pretty hectic, yeah. So I'm going to pick a different one which is again one that I find direct translation into feeling stronger in jiu-jitsu and that's my, my pistol squats. Okay. Just because uh, I can do them, like I can't do a full pistol squat. So you can, for those who don't know, their pistol squats are essentially one-legged squats where the leg you're not working is sticking straight out in front of you. Quite difficult to do. Very difficult, a full mm. pistol squat. So if you can't do them, you essentially like- Box, do, bo- use it on do, a box. Use it on a box or yep. a chair or something. And- like I, I feel the direct translation into massively increased ankle and knee stability totally. from doing pistol squats. That then when I when I go train, particularly if I'm passing and people are trying to put in deep delaheva hooks and yeah. stuff, I feel way stronger and more stable in my ankle and knee if I'm consistently doing pistol squats. So I've yeah, changed I, out I regular squats yeah. for, for pistol squats. That's a great one. And you need in a jiu-jitsu program, you need some form of balance stability work. So pistol squats is perfect for that because as you mentioned, your stability in your knees, stability in your hip, stability in your ankle and your balance and strength in that position. Not only that, we're talking about moving your body weight. Yes, you can you can do weighted once you progress and there's progressions to get to a full pistol, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think that it's an absolute fantastic exercise. I didn't include it in mine, but it was, it was definitely uh, on the agenda. Yeah, the other one that was on the agenda for me was single leg deadlifts. I think they're also a super great movement for, for strength and stability in your leg. So my fourth category is hinge and that for that, Single leg deadlift. Oh, well, there you go. There you bloody go. Look yeah, at that. We're so, literally on the same page. And they're one that, um, that yeah, done correctly where you're correctly hinging, you should feel your hemi working quite substantially. Yes, you should. And yep. if you've... It almost feels uh, like a stretch. So yeah, that's that, right. It's hard for when people are first learning it. They're like, oh, is this really working? I just feel like it, you know, I'm limited. I need to do more uh, flexibility work because it just feels like it's stretching. That's what it should feel yeah, like. Yeah, and, and I tell you what, whenever I've gotten people to do single leg deadlifts who haven't done them before, mm. uh, and yeah, they'll have that sort of, oh, you know, it's not really doing anything. I'm just kind of leaning forward and back. Talk and, to me yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> come back to my house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, yeah. The, if you, well, like it. any doms, right? I mean, I, I train jiu-jitsu six days a week, but I haven't done bench press in over a year. If I did bench press today, I would have doms tomorrow. But the doms from single leg deadlifts when you haven't done them in a long time. They're hectic. Bro, your hammies are sore for so long. Yeah, Like if, and I guess, yeah, of course you get doms, any muscle or exercise you haven't done in a long time. But man, single leg deadlifts, you'll do, and every time I go back to doing them after not having done them, I just default back to whatever weight I was doing previously. And I'll just, oh yeah, I'll just pick up yeah, a seat. Cause you can do heavier typically than 
you should. Than, than you should, right? <laughs> so I'll just go back and oh, yeah, pick up a 16 kilo kettlebell or something, do like four sets of 10 of, <laughs> of single leg deadlifts. Then yeah. the next day I'm like, why? Because yeah. I, I could probably do unweighted single leg deadlifts today and have doms tomorrow. And just, just I haven't clarify, done them in so long. Just, sorry, just to clarify here, we're talking about uh, straight leg, the, the single leg straight leg variation. So yeah. you can technically do a single leg deadlift without it being a straight leg variation, even though it's difficult. So yeah, we're focusing on this uh, single leg, straight leg uh, deadlift. Yeah. And just it's just to, just to really like fucking but, ev- but even without the weight, even unweighted single leg deadlifts, you get mm. a lot of value in stability mm-hmm. work from mm-hmm. it, you know? And, and I bet you you'll have one leg that you're yep. far more stable than the other, yep. right? So if you if you you're new to single leg deadlifts or you've never if you've never done them honestly give them a go mm. and try do them let's say you're doing 10 reps try do the full 10 reps without the other foot touching the ground yeah. there's a lot of stability work that goes stability, into it stability we're talking balance like coordination it's like stability and balance are, are two different things sort of like you you need to focus it's kind of like what I was talking about with the um the bottoms up press you need to focus on what you're doing and that directly translates to jiu-jitsu imagine someone's picked up a single leg on you like a single leg takedown and you're bouncing and like hopping around if you are very competent at this these unilateral balance work you're going to stay on your feet better yeah right you know exactly why i'm chuckling why that (laughs) anecdote like someone picks up a single leg and you're hopping around and i want to remind everyone how you hurt your ankle oh ages yeah it's because joey (laughs) held on to my ankle (laughs) when he's meant to let it go (laughs) and i fucking rolled my ankle fuck it no i have very no it wasn't joey's fault i have very shit um ankles so this is this is work i need to do i need to do this sort of stuff i have a balance board in my office i used to get on it more than i do now i do it like once a month now but balance board work can also help if you have, have shitty you, ankles. Have you been told this one before from a physio that for ankle stability work or whatever, you know, because uh, a lot of, let's, let's use the word rehab or mm. maintenance exercise can be rather tedious and mm-hmm. you find it, it can be, you know, so if you can somehow find the time to do it where it overlaps with something else. So mm. one that was told to me was like, oh man, like, so just balance on one foot while you're brushing your teeth. Yeah, you I know? have heard that. Yes. You know, it's a, yeah easy quick way to fit in some stability work yeah. oh that's too easy try to do it with your eyes closed you'll soon learn how yeah. hard it is to balance on one foot and also just as a tangent with balance boards if you do want to go that path if you just use the balance board and just learn to balance you're just going to get really good at balancing on a balance board it's not actually going to translate as much as you would think into everyday life and jujitsu so what you need to do ironically enough as the physio that you were speaking to mentioned you need to continuously complicate the exercise. You need to be doing something whilst you're balancing, like juggling or like, I don't know, close your eyes or, or um, uh, you know, doing make something a with sandwich. your hands, brush your teeth, <laughs> fucking, I don't know, make a sandwich. That's kind of weird. <laughs> take, it, take the balance board to the kitchen or maybe doing some work or something, whatever. But if you just balance for the sake of balancing on the board, then you're, it's not going to make you more stable. It's just going to make you good at balancing on a balance board. So keep that in mind as well. Juggling is a really good one. And once you get really good at juggling on the bounce board, add four balls to juggle. Hey, that's not that easy, bro. You can't just add a new ball. I can fucking juggle. It's all good. Can you? Yeah. Four balls? Three. Yeah. (laughs) Just add a fourth, bro. It's just like, this is easy. Well, fuck. (laughs) When I get really good at it, I will, bro. And I'll put it on Patreon. Uh, Join our Patreon. Link in the description. Okay. So that, that's like a, the hinge movement. And it's also this, this hinge just to round it off and then I'll move on to the, the, your fifth and then my fifth is hinge is also good for guard retention. So if you want to get stronger at guard retention, yes, there's mobility work that you can do. Uh, but because we're talking about 
strength and strength exercise, this hinge work is going to work your posterior chain and it's going to better enable you to get your knees to your chest and be strong there. That's what we're talking about here. So it's excellent. Hinge is an excellent exercise. Yep. All right, my fifth, keep in mind that my five and not some perfectly well-rounded uh, I think we've established workout. that. <laughs> well, I'm just letting people know. Maybe someone has, <laughs> you know, skipped through the episode or something. Uh, but uh, this is probably my number one pick. I don't know why, but this is my number one pick for the exercise that I really, really felt translate to jiu-jitsu yep. and really made me feel strong, which was I, I might have – the, the name incorrect, but I believe they're called Renegade Rows, which, um, but I'll, let me explain how I'm doing them and it might not be the correct name because I think Renegades have the push-up in it or no? Yes. So that's not what I've been doing, right? Okay. So, uh, so uh, anyway, so essentially getting dumbbells, mm -hmm. right? And you put them on the ground and you use, and you go into a push-up position with your hands on the dumbbells and then just doing rows, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not, not with a push-up between each repetition, However, the thing that was drilled into me when learning these that makes them difficult is how adamant you have to be in staying flat. And I mean flat as in not having your hips and Keeping your shoulders. Your shoulder. hips in line, your yeah. hips and shoulders in line. Yeah. Yes. So you'll find, let's say, let's say you do renegade rows and or, or whatever, push-up rows maybe these are called or whatever they would be called without adding the push-up in. Maybe just like a bridge row, something like that. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, I, if you did them allowing yourself to twist, mm. you'll be able to do easily like 10% heavier weight than you could. It's not more. If, yeah. yeah. When you have someone who's – when you're learning these and someone who is over the top of you make, like being like, nah, man, nah, 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 don't do it, you'll soon find that it's you need way less weight than yep. you think you can do. And there's almost no point doing the exercise if you're going to twist. Because then you may as well do a regular row. Exactly. Or you may as well do a bent over row exactly. or whatever. You may as well split your core and your row exercise up. Yeah. Like why why bother doing this exercise? Yeah. And this ex and that leads to my next point. This has a core element to it as oh, yeah. well. It's the same, you know, it's like even a push-up, a correctly done push-up has a core element to it as well. Yeah. And the push-ups that Joey used to make me do were like, and these are the ones I'm thinking about when I say gymnastics push-ups, mm. were all body encompassing. So mm -hmm. like he, you'd be doing the push-ups and he would come around and poke your glute if it wasn't tense. Yep. He would poke, squeeze, you, squeeze poke your, your glutes, quad. He'll poke your, your he'll poke your calf muscle. Like, yeah. like your entire body had to be tense. Like yeah. you were flexing on a bodybuilding stage. So you would do, after a few reps, you were wrecked. But these rows, man, I absolutely love them. It, you know, covers a huge amount of your, your body and it is one that, yeah, I, I don't know why, but I felt instant direct trans. Mm. It's almost like, I did them one day and then the next day I was stronger in jiu-jitsu. You're a black belt. <laughs> you know, obviously it wasn't like that, but I love them and I love doing them properly, yeah. you know, and uh, you can, yeah, going back to Jake again, this was one that, uh, okay, I guess it's the same story. We're talking about the, the push-ups and the, the dumbbell press. Jake can do way more pull-ups and chin-ups than me, but when it comes to these rows, like he can't get anywhere near the weight that I Do you I have a stronger do. core? Do you, are you better at core exercises? Uh, we're similar with well, core that, exercises. Well, that would probably mean, yeah, okay. I, I think maybe maybe it's your core is probably a bit stronger. But yeah, that that, that is interesting. But anyway, I, absol I absolutely love this exercise. Yeah. I think it's one of the best. It's, you know, done properly. It's it's very hard. And, and, I, and I like it as well because you can, at least for me, and I don't know if, the, if it works the same for everyone with this exercise, but for me, I find I have a very good 
balance between, um, you know, like once I start getting to the point where the weight's at a weight where I start to twist, you know, it's also close to the limit of how heavy I could lift anyway. You know, like I okay. feel like I've got a real good, a real good um, equilibrium with this exercise where it's not like I could go absurdly heavier and cheat anyway yeah you know so I, I i don't know i just have a good balance with it i love this exercise and yeah. it's um and i've i feel direct translation i know i got three pulls in my in my top five there's no real like core in there or anything but you know no there is there is core there is core throughout but there's no core no specific yeah. uh exercises in just doing core yeah but your renegade rows do have an element of core yeah which brings me to my fifth category which is core grip um and here i'm talking about well I, I went back and forth in so many different exercises. I, I, I looked at hollow body progressions, which are fantastic core for jiu-jitsu. They sure are. Um, and for those that don't know what a hollow, hollow body progression is, look it up. But basically, um, think about if you are in almost like a crunch position, like you're about to do a crunch, but instead of doing a crunch up, you're going to crunch up and hold. So you're holding, yeah. you're holding your legs up in the air. You're, holding, you're lifting your shoulders and your head off, off of the ground. And you're holding yourself in like that that boat or that hollow body. Yeah, you've probably from for people you've probably seen like a really advanced variation of this where people you know people on Instagram or YouTube, TikTok, or whatever they're essentially in that semi U slash V yeah, shape, the and they're like U, and yeah. they're rocking almost like they're uh, yeah you know and that's that's very difficult to do. That's why we call it the progression because there's so many different exercises that lead up to that, yeah. and you can, it just gets more and more difficult. You can make it. You know if you've done a hollow body correctly because you'll fucking hate it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then we have in this category we have hanging leg raises and that that progression. We have. Um, I, I wanted to include rotation here as well because rotation is very, very important for jiu-jitsu and it's something that people neglect because it's it's not it's not the type of exercises that are in your run-of-the-mill like download PDF off the fucking internet uh, bodybuilding style training, right? And where rotation is so important because one, we don't train it often enough and two, we're talking about being strong in obscure positions and what does that remind you of? Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. Exactly. So uh, Romanian twists are here or landmine twists. Um, and we, we and for grip, we have dead hangs or variations of where you hang onto a gi, as you mentioned earlier, or a towel if you don't have a gi. That's another trick. You should be bringing a gym towel to the gym. So throw your towel over and, and grip off that. That will work. Um, but I ultimately went with hanging, hanging leg raises and that variation. And the uh, reason- They suck too. They do. And the reason I went with this over hollow body progressions or some of the rotation um, rotation exercises, you can do variations of hanging leg raises. Uh, they're called windscreen wipers where you where you do get rotation. You're like, it's very fucking difficult where you wag your-, your uh, Imagine hanging on a bar, keeping your legs out straight, but then bringing your legs up like a toaster bar. But instead of doing a toaster bar regular and straight down, you're going to- windshield wiper Ain't your no one listening to this who's right. doing those bro everyone here, <laughs> bullshit <laughs> everyone here doesn't even know what you're talking about kieran's talking about knees to chest right yeah, <laughs> it's ne- what most people are chest. doing yeah so right? a hanging leg and that's the beauty of a hanging leg raise uh progression is you can get incredibly difficult with them uh and doing and again this is another one that if done correctly they are hard i see so many people at the gym jump onto the bar start doing their uh straight uh hanging leg raises and they're, they're, they're just rocking all over the place. They're keeping, they're, they're doing all sorts of stuff. Um, 
you know, toes yeah, to bar kipping. Toes to bar is very well known from CrossFit. They do toes to bar but, a lot. But they do it in a kipping way. So yeah, they yeah. use momentum. And that's intentional because that's how the exercise is done in their sport. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, wrestlers looking at jujitsu takedowns a bit or, or like blast doubles and be like, oh, that's not how you do it. So, well, in, in this sport, we do it when this you way. Because we can get guillotined. So we, we we can get yeah. guillotined. Exactly. So yeah. that's the best way I can explain it. So don't shit on CrossFit and they're kipping um, toaster bars yeah. because in their sport, that's their rules and it's a different exercise, right? Very different to a gymnastics toaster bar. Exactly. So here, uh, and that is a progression in the hanging leg raise progression. So to start off, jump on to, onto the bar, um, overhand grip and you're in a full dead hang, which means that you're at full extension of your uh, elbows and your your shoulders, and you're going to keep your knees together, pinned together, and without any momentum, engaging your core the whole time, lift your knees to your chest yeah, and back and down. Very hard. And you don't want to be swinging. You don't want to be you know uh, using any momentum at all. Once you get good at that, then you could do the straight leg variation if you're ready. And then if you get good at that, then you can progress to the straight leg toes to bar variation. And then you get it's good very, at that, do windscreen hard, wipers. Very hard work. Yep. This is this is one that, yeah, these sort of exercises, I know that now my size is not beneficial. Like any of these sort of pike sort of positions. Calisthenics, yeah. Go with massive long legs. I know there's guys taller than me who do calisthenics that are great at it. But, you know, it, like long legs when you're having mm. to try hold a pike position and that weight is so far out in front of you. Holy Big shit, levers, man. baby. That yeah. is very, very hard. Yeah. You know, like, you know, when I see people do that, uh, like sitting in a pike position and lifting their butt and pulling their legs through up into a handstand, my legs wouldn't even fit through there, bro. That's incredible. Like, like how, like how, how, mm. you know, but... uh but yeah, you know, great exercise knees to chest. They hurt a lot. Uh, it also does wonders in little air quotes because you'll typically feel the pain the next day for your hip flexors, yes. which uh, is incredibly valuable for your guard retention, your ability Absolutely. to keep your knees to your chest. Mm -hmm. And you'll see guys uh, like professional jiu-jitsu athletes do a lot of work with resistance bands because it's so translatable to jiu-jitsu. Um, they'll do stuff where, yeah, essentially just lying on their back and they'll have a resistance band tied around their ankle and then to a pole or, mm -hmm. or something. And they're just doing reps of pulling their knees to their chest because that's a lot of guard retention. People are trying to pull your knees away from your chest and you're trying to keep your knees tucked in. Mm -hmm. so, so knees to chest or, or hanging leg raises work that as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and you'll be wanting to get on a trigger ball the next day, I promise you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that brings like a, a little bit of a closeout point that I just wanted to address because I know people are going to be thinking this or some people out there will be, and I get questions about it a lot, is an actual questions, not like, oh, people people always ask me, but I might, you know, have fucking influencers do that. Like, oh, people always ask me this. Yeah, no yeah. one's asking, bro. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, random yeah, side yeah, note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually get asked about this, about uh, what's the difference or what's the pros and cons? What's better for jiu-jitsu? Is it like lifting weights or is it doing things like body weight work and calisthenics work? Well, there's no like real clear cut answer to that. I think that the best thing for jiu-jitsu is to choose exercises in both categories that translate well to jiu-jitsu. Because think about it. If you're very good at manipulating your own body weight, that's fantastic. And you're going to be strong, right? But you need to also be able to influence and move an external weight to you, right? In jujitsu, you're manipulating some someone else's weight or an external force to you. So yeah. that's where 
lifting weights is going to make you strong, right? And so it's different types of strength. We're talking about core strength, internal strength, stability strength, strength in relation to your own body weight versus, um, again, all the stability, and et cetera, but strength moving an external force. So both are important. Uh, if you had to choose one, that's a personal preference, right? I can't make that decision for you. I've tried to like come up with like, you know, I've tried to make that decision you know, before for people, you just can't, like you need to make that decision for you. But if you did have to choose one, I would lean more toward lifting weights because that's what I know and love. Um, But maybe someone with a calisthenics background would definitely say, nah, man, like, yeah, whatever. I think, but I think what you said is, is probably the best way to sum it up in the sense that there is no clear cut answer. The, the, the devil's in the details with jujitsu and unfortunately, one of the things we love about jujitsu is how dynamic it is, mm, and different styles as well. Yeah, right? like I, I've I've rolled with people who did calisthenics who felt strong, and people who did calisthenics who felt weak. Yep. I've I've rolled with Olympic lifters who felt strong and Olympic lifters who felt weak. I've trained with you know uh, you know gym bros who felt strong and gym bros who felt weak. Yep. Like there's no clear cut. Oh, this person does this type of strength training, therefore they are. I mean, unless they're doing this person does this jujitsu strength training program, which would have all of that in the sense that you know you mm. you look at your course, your longevity course with with Jordan. Yep, it's going to have combinations of strength and mobility, like lifting weights, calisthenic stuff. Like mm. you know, I mean, people feel like a push up is a calisthenic movement right yeah. so it doesn't have to be don't think you have to be one of those dudes who are on the the bars in the park yeah doing all this crazy you're shit. a bondi beach with yeah. your shirt off <laughs> and tats and these shit. guys are essentially you know that's their sport. like professional athletes like yeah, guys, guys sport, who were right? doing that whole holding holding you know upside down planks and doing that whole walking their feet in the air a full three man forget mm. about it right mm. like mm. that's not what we're asking you to do but you know unless someone is doing a specific strength for jujitsu program i've never trained with a particular person who feels strong because they do this particular Definitely. workout it's like yoga when, it's it's the, a good analogy for same this. with yoga same, same with yoga, yoga people feel strong some exactly. yoga people feel weak exactly and if you ask me or will yoga make me better at jujitsu? I'm going to say probably not. And I'm going to say that because doing yoga makes you better at yoga. Yoga is its own thing. Yoga is a sport. Will some of it translate in your mobility and flexibility? Yes, of course. It's kind of like if you started doing uh, strongman shit at the gym, is that going to make you stronger at jujitsu? Yeah, in, in certain areas. But is that the whole story and that's all you need to do? No, it's, it's, yeah. it's different. That's why things like yoga for BJJ, take yoga manipulate it, take take what's good, reject what's not for jiu-jitsu context and then apply it to jiu-jitsu specifically. And that's why I think, you know, yoga for BJJ, you know, I have literally a competitor program to them, but you got to give respect where respect's due. I've, I've looked at this, some of their shit and it's, it's pretty decent for jiu-jitsu specifically, but just doing yoga. It's, yeah, it's kind, it's kind of like this. You've got... Um we can't finish the episode without some form of analogy. I've been getting shit, actually. People saying I'm not do- given enough analogy. Analogies. Adam, send it. Yeah, I've been getting a bit of hate for not putting out enough analogies. But think <laughs> think about it like this. MMA or mixed martial arts cherry-picked all the little, the best bits yeah. from different martial arts to put it all together to make mixed martial arts. And it's kind of like that for, you know, you've kind of got to cherry-pick all the particular strength and conditioning mobility exercises from different... Uh, disciplines and put them all together to make a strength and conditioning mobility workout for jujitsu. Exactly. 
Exactly. So it's kind of like that. You've got to yeah. cherry pick. Not one – yeah, you're going to get benefits if you only did one particular thing. Some stuff will translate. But if yeah. you're looking for the optimal, you know, you've – and there will be certain areas that you that you can't go without. The same as in MMA, you can't go without not doing any any striking or not doing any wrestling or not yeah. doing any jiu-jitsu. Like you've got some areas that are that – are, um, like mandatory, that, right? That are mandatory. Yeah, you know, yeah, and there will be some sort of areas that are, you know, mandatory for that as well. But yeah, you got to cherry pick the things. And I, mean, I think here are my five cherry picks. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I think that's brilliant. I got a comment on a. This is a tangent, but it's gonna it's gonna make sense. I got a comment on a nutrition video I posted on Jordan Teaches Jiu Jitsu's YouTube channel, uh, and it was basically the premise of the video. If you haven't seen it, is nutrition for Jiu Jitsu. And one, one commenter jumped in and said, this is like marketing bullshit. There is no nutrition for jiu-jitsu. There's just nutrition. And I completely disagree with that. Yes, in, in a way they're right, but in a big way they're wrong. And it's the same with strength and conditioning. In a way, yes, there's just strength and conditioning. But in a way, you're completely wrong. Because like you said, in the whole field of nutrition or the whole field of strength and uh, strength and conditioning, there's all of these exercises, there's all of these uh, methods and modalities, there's all of these different uh, ways to split up your carbs and your protein and your macros. Um, but if you're looking at developing performance for a specific sport, you can cherry pick, cut the fat, no pun intended, what you don't need and include all the best bits on, on all of these fields that you do and then put it all together then you have a BJJ performance and longevity course. Link in the description right now. <laughs> <laughs> buy, buy my shit. <laughs> no, but I, I wasn't. I wasn't like leading that into to the plug. But in a way, yeah, there is just nutrition. But in a way, no, there's sports performance nutrition specifically. Yeah. That's where people make millions and millions of dollars a year being sports nutritionists. Yeah. Do you think that an NBA basketball player's nutrition plan is going to be the same as an endurance athlete's nutrition plan? No, not even fucking close. Their no. carbs are going to be different, completely different split. They're going to have completely different energy needs and requirements, different outputs, and their macro profiles are going to, are going to be completely different because they're different sports, different athletes. Do you think their nutrition plan is going to be the same as an MMA? No, they need to keep a lower body fat percentage to make weight. They need to, you know, there's so yeah. many different things yeah. going on, involved, so many different things involved with all these different sports. I think not to go on a rant, but it's the same with- Look, I'm going to need you all to go onto that YouTube video, reply to this guy's and tell comment. Tell him, this, link, him this, <laughs> link him this clip. Fuck you. No, no. 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 I, 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 I'm more than happy to take constructive criticism. He wasn't being nasty, sort of. He, it was like, you know, it was legitimate. Like, oh, you know, this is marketing, but whatever. Um, I do want to do a, a, a quick like summary because I did have this written down. I think it's going to be important. Yeah, so I wanted to just quickly, yeah, go over my five again. And okay, you do. Adam, you go. So, so my, my five, my, yeah, I'll do mine quickly. So my five were, I had three pulls in there. I had deadlifts, pull-ups, renegade rows. Then I had two pressing movements, which were uh, squats slash, I changed them out for pistol squats and shoulder press or the, the kettlebells bottom-up press is even better. Yep. They were my five. By all means, not an all-inclusive list, but, you know, if I wanted to go to the gym and I only had, you know, a, a little bit of time, one day a week or something, those are five exercises I good, enjoy man. doing and I feel them translate. Of course, it could be better, but... Man, I like your list. There like, are five good lifts that I think uh, translate nicely to your, your list is good. And you know what, if... Um that, that's all I had to work with for a jiu-jitsu program. I think that would be fine because it's push-pull and you have uh, so legs and you have... Um, a core exercise in the Renegade Roads. So I think you do tick all the major boxes. 
There we go. So I think it's I think it's all right. I would like some grip in there, but you know, like we said, oh, you could do pull, are grip. Yeah, and you could do well. pull ups with the. Oh yeah, no, sorry, I'm an idiot. Fucking deadlifts and pull ups are both grip, so you have that as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to shit on you for no reason. <laughs> no, that's really good. That's really really good. Um, so yeah, I've categorized mine in push is kettlebell bottoms up press pull is overhand pull ups, uh, glutes and bridge is barbell back squat hinge is single leg deadlifts. And core grip stability is hanging leg raise progressions. There's so many different things to choose from. Anything from the other stuff that I mentioned. And um, yeah, just quickly, I want to give a few shout outs and uh, an explanation on core and grip. Um, not to circle back to, to something that we've already covered. But um, I put out a BJJ body weight strength program, which is why we're sort of talking about it a little bit. Um, and I got a message uh, from a guy that you know went through it and had some questions, which... I thought this would be the perfect episode to sort of answer it live. Um, so shout out to William. He, he was basically asking in, in terms of if you're choosing different core exercises for jujitsu, which ones do you go for? Like, cause there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do for core. And I broke it down into three main uh, categories and it's core stability and holds. So um, we're talking about planks, isometric holds, hollow body progression. An isometric is something that you're, you're holding. Think, think like hanging from a bar. That's where nothing's moving. It's just tensile strength and holding. That's isometric. Second is rotation, which I already mentioned before. And this we're looking at twists, Romanian twists, unilateral core work, and um, you know single side planks, landmine twists, things like that. And then finally in that core sort of isometric hold that I've sort of just lumped in together, you have grip strength, uh, things like farmer's carries, which I didn't mention, which is also a very good exercise for jiu-jitsu. Dead hangs, variations of hanging with a gi and, and that sort of thing. So... Shout out to uh, William. And if you want to get that um, free PDF, it's a free little ebook um, with a full body weight program uh, that you can run for jujitsu. Uh, we'll put a link in the description of this, um, but yeah, put out that for free. So feel free to grab that. And a couple more shout outs. If you don't have anything to add, we'll just close it out. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just, I was just going to, I was just getting ready to do one of my terrible outros. That oh, love was it. it. So, so I'll, uh, shout out to Alex who came to the gym down from Queensland. He, he did a drop in. He's, he, he's visited before. Oh, no, but, I um, wasn't there yesterday. Yeah. Adam, Adam wasn't there, but um, we had a really good role. So thank you very much, Alex. And uh, shout out to our latest Patreon, David. Thanks so much for becoming a Patreon. If you want to get amongst a Patreon, we, we post some Patreon exclusive content, early episodes, uh, AMAs, all, all that good sort of stuff. Uh, check a link in the description for that. Yep. All right, guys. And episode 120 is coming up shortly, which will be our next Ask a Black Belt episode. Mm -hmm. So send in your questions as per usual. Again, the link is in the description. Uh, yes, 120. That's coming up very soon. Yeah. yeah. So that's in the description on, the inst on Instagram, in mm -hmm. the link tree, at beyondjujitsu underscore podcast so send through your questions yep but uh otherwise guys pick five exercises you got pick five out of the ten do all ten right yeah maybe not in the one session but or, or yeah, right, okay own, <laughs> just do one rep you're a fucking one adult set. do your shit <laughs> right? get some lifting in guys thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time see ya